dollar really cost? The question is detrimental, paralyzing my thoughts Parasites in my stomach keep me with a gut feeling, y'all Gotta see how I'm chilling once I park this luxury car Hopping out, feeling big as Mutombo 20 on pump 6, Tony Marcellus called me Dumbo 20 years ago, came Welcome to the bar <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the bar oh, Come on, let's get dirty <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> hey. So, uh, <laughs> full, full transparency, uh, we totally... Oh, that is a rookie move. Um, silence your cell phones, please. Yep. Um, and um, something else. We, we had lost the original audio of this episode. Uh, you're probably going to notice, since I just went through and actually put together all of this season with music and everything last night. Oh, shit. There's going to be a, a, a drastic audio change from first episode to this one to even the next one after this. Because that's when we started getting all the microphones and everything dialed in. So right. it'll be kind of funny. But, I mean, there are obviously growing pains uh, to be associated with doing something new anyway. And uh, essentially, the episode that we lost uh, was talking about the devaluation of, of music. Um, however, I think we can all agree that I think it, it really applies to so many other facets of our lives. And especially when you get older, uh, it kind of even starts correlating into just how you live your life. Like maybe right. there, you find something and it doesn't have value to you anymore. Wasn't that the original question was like, what is the, the value uh, of how, art? The value of art. Like how, yes. how do you, how do you, um, value? How, yeah. How do you, how is art valued and, right. how, and how do you come to the specific values? Yeah. yeah. And it all started with a book I had read called, uh, long title. I'll, I'll look it up later. Wu-Tang um, Clan ain't nothing to fuck yeah, with. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But basically, it <laughs> was the, the whole... Uh, when the Wu-Tang Clan was making uh, their album that they were sold to Martin Shkreli, uh, the Farmer Bro dude, um, and it was the only copy in existence. Did and you the say whole, Pharma? Yes. Okay, I thought Farmer Bro. I was like, okay. Yep. Uh, and essentially, the book starts Farmers dealing only. with how... Yeah. How... Uh, RZA and a protege of his basically were on this journey to figure out why is music looked at as kind of a, a lesser form of art, but you would go and people spend millions and millions of dollars on these paintings and so forth. And they boil it all the way down to it's because it's a one of one. It's not yeah. mass produced. It's not made for exactly. a ton of consumption. Yeah. It's for an audience kind of of one essentially. And it's the only thing. So it adds more value, intrinsic value. Right. Um, so then they started to set out to do the same and, just from that reading that book, it, it's really made me think about how we value things yeah. and the idea of something of is there more value when there's only a one of one? Right. Well, it's funny. My my, my stepfather, who is who is an engineer, asked me this question when I was in art school and said, like, you know, like, what if I were to make a computer and this computer was completely like sentient AI and stuff like that, and it made all these paintings and each one was individually its own and no, there's no copies. How long ago was this? Was this before like oh, the God, AI this is shit? Like when I okay. was like, okay. yeah, when I was like, because okay. I'm like, did he see the future? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, like that was already kind you, of in the are ether, you in the but, Illuminati? Yeah. The, 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 yeah. But so anyways, he's talking about it, and I said, like, no, it would never be valued the same way. I mean, maybe if it was the very first computer that did it, you might have some extraction right. of value. I'm like, oh, but no. They go, why? I'm like, because there's no error to it. I go, computers don't know that. Even if it's sentient, and they go, it'll, it will have zero errors. They go, when you see a human hand, it's like you're seeing the mastery of a craft over years and years and years. Right. So you see the first painting to the last painting, and you see this progression. And because there's human error, even at like 20, 30, 40, 50 years of experience, when you see someone who does a one-of-one, one and it's unbelievably like 
sound and masterfully crafted, and that's the only pain of that is existence, it's got value. And then obviously if their name's elevated because it was done for some historic, like, you know, they were commissioned right. by this lord or a king or whatever, it's like, you know, this is, I'm talking about old, like, Lord Humperdinck. Pain and stuff, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm a fan Humperdinck. of his bread. <laughs> Never mess with a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, and that, that was the first thing. But it's actually funny, I was actually talking to my client this, this morning about it because that was why I got away from academia. It really yeah. was, was that, you know, people still look to tattooing as like a lowbrow art, but it pissed me off because it was like really what the whole ideology behind the, the original fine artists and whatnot was to elevate their status through them making paintings and commission paintings through people of status. Right. So it was basically them sucking the dick of like whatever freaking like amazing, you know, person to be like, oh, oh, because I'm commissioned by this bishop or this church right. or these this this noble family, it's like I am therefore elevated because they chose me out of the hat. Right. And I, I, I hated that because that's really still now modern day, it's the same shit. Right. But now it's art critics and the freaking wood words opinions that be that go like, oh, like a uh, 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 Picasso was like a perfect example. They just picked him out in the 1920s and said like, you are the next it. Mm. You know, even though he was a very talented guy, it was still one of those things. It was like he was is a lottery ticket. He got picked out of like all these masses. You know, I prefer Vincent. Yeah, you know, it's like well, there's tons of artists that are like that. That that some of them did do it just by not giving a fuck. You know what I mean? And just and, and actually yeah. doing something that was relatively groundbreaking. Like as much as I think that you know he's he's extremely overrated, but it's like you've got like you know uh, Jack, you know the Dripper and stuff like that. You know what I mean? We have a. Uh, 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 God damn it. Um, why am I shitting on his name right now? Uh, Jack the Ripper? No, no, no. Jack. The, 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 Jack yeah, thank you. Pollock. Jackson, 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 Jackson the Dripper. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I, I said like, Jack. Jack, Jack, Jack the Ripper? the Ripper. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, it was the, the Dripper. Dripper. Jackson yeah, yeah. Pollock. Jackson, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was his nickname. But yeah, yeah. anyways, it's the like. Dripper. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> drip, drip, he jingle, created, jingle. He did what most modern artists now were trying to do at the time is like was trying to break the mold right. he did where he said I'm not I'm going to paint with no painting method it's free form you know? right. so, so the, that was new so the thing is uh, you're saying all that and sorry no, um, but that almost kind of makes especially I'll say for, for art we'll yeah. say as a whole regardless of the medium sure can you really quantify that someone is good at it or is it all abstract and objective to the individual like how you preference. feel sure. how you feel about the art is subjective because mm -hmm. you can have one person looking at painting and say this is the greatest thing I've ever thing on a person be like this is the gar biggest garbage ever but there is formulaic structures and different right. methodologies that are 100% scalable because you can see somebody who knows how to use oils better than acrylics mm -hmm. or and that's and that goes down to brushstroke technique positive negative freaking um, uh, uh, ramifications of like design harmony balance all these things you can literally go down that's what but I agree with you on one point it's like that was my biggest problem with art critics mm -hmm. is 90 I don't want to make this, probably I'm speaking out of school, but I would say the vast majority of art critics are not established artists. So well, but I, they I learn say, all about. Exactly. Because yeah. you're just talking out your ass at that point. Like, exactly. oh, I like it and I like the colors, but... Uh, no, but, but you don't but it's, have it's, 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 it's reminiscent of this, where they're actually picking, and like, they just would shit. But up. you have no education... In, 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 techni in, in, in technique a, or anything in like action that. action technique, exactly, exactly And right. so yeah. that's a very frustrating thing. It's like, yeah. okay, so what gives you the right to have this opinion. Right. Well, same thing. I mean, John, it's like, I mean, you've done music. It's like, oh, but for the most part, you're just a, 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 a critical archive, fan. An, well, an archive of <laughs> right. music because yeah. you've listened to not just like, 
you know, this one genre. You've listened to multiple genres. And I would call you a somewhat expert on the topic in some in some ways to think about, you know? I, so, so again, I would concur. Back to Russia's like question, it's like a what makes you so versed? Well, it's I, almost like I, a I would almost then here, posit here. this question where it's sort of what Rush was just saying, where you know, the thing that has always driven me nuts about critique in any art form, but I'll go more toward actual like art, mm-hmm. like as in the medium, you know, you you would probably go to a class mm-hmm. and you would study all these people, like a Pollock, like a Rembrandt, all these people. Yep. And all they're going to tell you is, well, they defied conventional wisdom and, and approach and technique and all this shit. Yep. And then they want you to do something that's inspired by it. Right. And then you'll do something and like, well, it doesn't follow the rules. And it's like, no, 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 no. The, 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 <laughs> Wait, the, the thing was, these people didn't follow rules. Right. They kind of forged their own path. Right. And th- as such, ended up making their own thing that kind of caught on. Now, whether they were handpicked or whatever is, is regardless, yeah. but right. it becomes this thing where it's like, I feel like there's so much of that in all forms and like mediums of art. Yes. Like, I remember at one point my dad and I trying to jam, and he was like, just play something like the Chili Peppers. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh, like in my head, it's like I kind of have a frame of reference for what which, that which is. Record. Yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. But it's also like, which one do you want? Yeah. Right. But it's also a thing where it's like, Trying to say, like, okay, I want you to play, like, fucking Stevie Ray Vaughan. Right. Okay, that's a one-of-one, one, dude. Like, yeah, yeah he has, he sounds sort of like Hendrix. He has tendencies like other people. Right. But See, now he you're is, getting into it. He's one-of-one. Yeah. You're getting where, I, where, where that's really where the extraction of value comes from. Okay. Is that... Put it this way, like so. Back in like the Renaissance, right? You went to a school, and ever like guys like Raphael, Titian, all those people, Caravaggio, you know, Rembrandt. Even it's like there was these schools, and it was formulaic, as in mm. like you, they were all taught the same techniques as everybody else. But you would have a man like Rembrandt or Raphael or Titian who had this little extra something that no one else was doing, whether it was light sourcing or whether it was subject matter. And then there was ones that really pushed the envelope, and it was subtle for the time, but for that in that era. It was like like Goya right. when Goya did like those like nightmares. Obviously, it was, they, they think it was from lead poisoning. But these <laughs> another rookie move. Talk, talking all the, the shit. I'm like, I had that off. <laughs> but like, but, but to see that, imagine seeing that in like 1720. <laughs> right. That being unveiled for the first time, people go, like, "Oh my god!" It was grotesque. It was so insane to look at. But rounding back, what you're talking about because it was like, such a nightmarish thing to see for that. Right. Time frame. Right, exactly right. And moving pictures was like, didn't exist, sweet. really. Right, exactly. And, and so I think it's the same way. It's like, but that that was my biggest problem is like that's technically what all, pretty much after like 1890, it's all called modern art. Right. And what they're all trying to do is what like all like the Jackson Pollock styles did. They go like, how do I destroy this? How do I deconstruct it? And it's like, that's fine, but nine times out of 10, and again, back to your thing too, is like what you're talking about people in schools and stuff like that. Say that, us three, like, all just went to the exact same school, you know, the exact same thing. We're not going to come up with the same art, even though we have all the same knowledge. Because right. you either have one of the three, and this is just my own personal opinion, is that either you have the natural talent, you have the eye, and then you, you have affect that, or you're so obsessed with becoming good, you become that. Right. I and would also... Oh, go, I would, no, 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 yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I would say true. also, with that... You know, assuming we went to the same school education, all that stuff. Right. We still have 
three completely different backgrounds, three yeah, different exactly. inspirations, culture and upbringing and whatnot and, yeah, as that well. Right. That's going to breed what we produce. Right. And our interest in what we want to produce right. because, yeah, we're coming from our own narrative. From our, yeah. I just had a really weird thought that I, I've never thought of. I mean, we can make out if you want. <laughs> nah, man, I'm bilingual. Just uh, <laughs> how nature versus nurture affects your art. Right. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, just like, I don't know. I, I still keep coming back to this idea, though, of like, uh, <laughs> Dang it. of uh, I'm just thinking about like, the forms of like what is value how do you gain value how do you then start like you know something that i i think is interesting and I, you know and we'll kind of i want to piggyback and go back to something i want to ask you about film actually i'm just gonna ask it now because i don't want to get too far away from what we're talking about now okay so i mean like you're big into movies not saying that like the three of the other two of us aren't okay. but like you have i would say more of a, a natural under not a natural a more uh, deeper understanding of like, okay, this was shot with this yeah, kind the of a thing, like of film, right, how you're sure. setting yeah. up a shot. Like I can say, okay, and we've talked, joked about this where I'm like, okay, I need a wide, I need a, a close up, I need a single, right. you know, coverage. I need a da, macro da, da. place. Right. Yeah. And it's a thing where I feel like, do you notice a, a different value in art in the sense of film now? Because like a great example is that's I just question, saw actually. That's a great I just saw like a, an article this morning that was saying that the new Godzilla movie is doing crazy numbers more than Oppenheimer, Ooh. and it was because they were more strategic in how they presented it because they knew that the U.S. audience wasn't the one they were trying to capture, right? right. And that more so, people need to think more about how they're presenting their art in film, yeah. Now, but so I'm trying to say, oh, my coworker Greg, who's a big music and film nerd as well. Um, and comic book, but across the board, um, he asked me if I'd seen it yet, and um, and it's Godzilla minus one, which is the Japanese release, so yep, it's a foreign right. film for us, right? For all those people who don't know what that Gojira. means, Gojira, Gojira, great band by the way. Um, <laughs> Flying whales. <laughs> He's lonely. You're lonely. Anyways. <laughs> squirrel but so the thing that blew my mind was when my my co-worker uh greg had asked me about that he goes yeah it's like 97 percent on rotten tomatoes yep and it was made for 15 million dollars and i was like what for 15 million dollars that movie looks like the tray i haven't seen the movie yeah yet but the trailer looks phenomenal. Yeah. Might be one of the best newer Godzillas I've seen. Yeah. Uh, wait, you saw it? No, I said, just like, oh, the, I see what you're saying. The Godzilla itself right. looks better than any of the like, other ones I've seen no recently. No way. So I'm very intrigued Yeah. Um, to see it, one. But two, it's like, to answer your question, I don't, man, how, I don't even know how, how I would answer that. Because, I mean, like, like, for an example, like earlier, you were talk- making a reference to Blade Runner. And I remember everyone being so amped on the new Blade Runner. Yeah. But I feel like how much of that is steeped in the value you got of seeing something like that back in the 80s for the first time that right. didn't look like anything else. Right. And now well, you're... Okay. So, yeah. So, that great example. That movie was beautiful. Like, 2049. Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, yep. yeah. That literally is a great example of a piece of art. Cinematically. Want, I 100% know, and I said, I go, that is what the new Star Wars got wrong. 
mm, is yes. because when you look at four, five, and six, that low tech kind of look. But then you saw one, two, and three, and it was so polished. And they were then they made, George Lucas made this big thing. Well, I wanted to show that after the the Republic put into shambles, they go, no, it doesn't even. It's not it even like a bad storytelling. Yeah, exactly. It just didn't look right. And it's like, but when you looked at Blade Runner, it literally was reminiscent same of with the, the new original. Dune. It had the same feel. Yeah. The new Dune. Same, same yeah, this, exactly. Yeah. Dune, same it, thing. It's like it's Denny Villeneuve. It felt like it directed they directed all those. Yeah, all right. it literally almost felt looked like they took the exact same camera from that nineteen. And you know what I mean? It shot it the exact yes. same way. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's like when you have that, that's what people want. Like, give me that nostalgia of the original, but then give me a new story. Right. Yeah. Right. And like and, and I know a lot I know a lot of people didn't like that movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Blade Runner. But the, the, second, the new the one. Sequel, yeah, the new one. I yeah. enjoyed it. I liked it. But overall, like it, it's beautifully shot. Yes. And it, like that's why I say like it wasn't as amazing as you know seeing Blade Runner the first time as a as a child growing oh, up. Man. But it still brings everything to the table. But at the end of the day, I, I, my uh, friend Scott was our our uh, editor for our documentary um i was like literally i just go that is a piece of cinematic art what was the first movie that just blew your guys's mind like you just watched it like the, like like the first time you saw it, you're like wow that was that took you to another place well it's probably star wars for me that's a good one because it was literally probably the third movie i ever saw in the, in the theater it was return of the jedi oh and not not the best in the series but but it's, it's up there. one of my favorites <laughs> oh it's amazing it's one of my favorites yeah. i think probably just because it's the initial introduction into science fiction yeah um and just big cinema blockbuster yeah. film yeah i think for me it was labyrinth and Ooh. like because yeah. obviously the soundtrack was fire, but like it was to see that this was puppeteering and the level of, nope. like, the level of mechanisms right. that Jim Henson can put in. I mean, like, he, there, there was apparently there was like multiple, um, uh, not not just one or two, but like hundreds of these puppet puppets that had three or four people, like Huggles, like the, the right. Huggles face had like two guys operating it with like these well, it's like. like same, yeah. thing, same thing with Jabba. I had like, what, two oh, or three people? Yeah, two people doing more, that. If not yeah. more. Yeah. I think it was more. Yeah. But, I mean, and and here's something from our standpoint. Yeah. You're talking about uh, an art form that is not looked upon as something amazing anymore. Oh, yeah. Uh, except for, you know, our generation, um, perhaps John's generation too, is like yeah. puppeteering. And so, like, when they did the prequel series for Dark Crystal. Oh. I was so happy. Phenomenal. I was so happy. Because they were talking about doing CGI. And I was like, if you fucking do that, dude. No, because it's going to, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's not to do it. It's the same reason why I I refuse to watch any of the new uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I just was like, (laughs) there's fucking CGI. I want to see the goddamn freaking Jim Henson rubber suits and freaking people doing like Go Ninja Go and Vanilla Ice fucking doing some breakdance and shit. (laughs) Dude, Give me that or I want nothing. Well, (laughs) I'm going to say this though. It was good. It wasn't like bad cinema. Did no. you think that the, the turtles looked even remotely like any of the cartoons or any of the comic books? Though it was such a deployment. Well, I mean, the, car- the cartoons looked. or the they, comics get a little hard because they're they're like a lot of comics. So many, they go so many yeah, different iterations. Yeah, that's so, fair. Like you got the Ronin ones that don't look like anything. But here's my done. question: no, Did yeah. you watch uh, the new one, Mayhem? No, the is that the Rogan one? one? No, I didn't see it. That oh. was really good. Is it good? Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. So it's funny that you were now talking turtles because like <laughs> when you were like, "What's the first like movie that made you feel?" And I had three that popped up immediately. Yeah. Two of which I saw in the theater. Actually, I think all three I saw in the theater. And they all came out, like, about a year apart. Oh, shit. So 
Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. the first one. Oh, God. And I remember just thinking, like, oh, because, like, weirdly, one I of my only... that poster. Yeah. Dude. One of my only frame of references for, like, New York... Yeah. ...was, like, what was it? Uh, Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah. Jason Takes Manhattan. Yeah. Was that three? Yeah. Four? Uh, Jason Takes Manhattan? Yeah. Yeah. That was a later one, I think. That was, that was, like, that was five, like, five. That was, like, five, five or six. Um, but I just remember, like, it felt like... Because somehow I had seen that. Yeah. And it's like, oh, New York's grimy as shit. There's crime everywhere. There's murders and shit. Yeah. But and that's kind of how they, like it felt real, like it, they took this fictitious, fictitious, animated thing, yeah, and made it feel real, like yeah. it could exist. The other one was Batman, the original Batman. Oh, oh Tim Burton, Tim yeah. Burton, man. so good. And so it's like that right. also made it feel like this could exist in this world and didn't feel hokey or whatever. That's a good way to say it. And then the other one that also made me and these, like I said, these came back to back in three years. Right. Terminator 2. Yeah. I and know exactly what you're saying where it's like, it's science fiction and fantasy, but it didn't feel, even though like you knew that these were suits and whatnot, they did such a good job. Yeah. It well, practical effects. Yeah, it didn't look like hokey. Like, you no. were like, like right. I still watch the original TV shows and I go, this is fucking it's, awesome. I, it's it, a freaking fun movie it still too, holds to this up. day. I would almost say that I'm wondering if maybe the reason why a lot of these movies that we're all talking about have some sort of a value to us and maybe why we keep going back to it is because it lives with like wherever it exists so New York uh, LA for Terminator 2 um, what was the other movie I said Um, Batman kind of takes place in New York but it's not the Star the original Star Wars movies Blade Runner right those films utilize and the the places they are almost a, a secondary character yeah. of yes. sorts. Uh-huh. And yeah, yeah. I sure. think a lot of films now are not really don't necessarily take the time to build the place around it because it's like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's just yes. it's it's moving, 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 moving. No, and I that's, think, the, I feel that's like the no. Go ahead. I would say that's like the great thing about Dark City, which mm-hmm. is a completely mm. other. Fi- Wild and Great amazing movie. film. Yeah, amazing. Is the city itself is a whole other character. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it feels and the like... Way, it the way you have to navigate it, yeah, and it moves. Yes. Well, I've actually said this, and it actually it goes to video games a little bit. Now I said, I think there's only like two types of video games now, and I feel the Open same way world about film. Well, no, like like where it's like it's either look but don't touch. Boring as in like it's and beautiful, boring. but the content's bullshit. <laughs> right. Or it's freaking a little haphazard feels like last gen but it's fucking fun and it's playable I right. feel that film is kind of doing that well I guess there's a third category now that they're just remaking all the great movies and Let's freaking stop already can we please yeah like who needs to although I am pumped about the new Ghostbusters yeah it looks I'm, good. I'm glad it's like a continuation of yes well that's yeah. what I so two movies I just that I saw got announced and I'm like oh, yeah, massively pumped for was a huge one growing up Ghostbusters oh that was yeah, my child, favorite again, New York <laughs> Oh yeah, that was also, my, that was the first movie I watched over a hundred times. Of Ghostbusters. I watched awesome. that. I, also, I watch all the time. Episode eight, Voorhees. Yeah, oh, I just yeah. Episode, that's, no, I'm sorry. Uh, the other thing that that was the Manhattan one. Yeah, yeah. It was eight. Okay. Um, have you guys seen at least the trailer and the synopsis? Not the trailer, the poster and the synopsis for the new uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. What? What? Nope. Didn't nope. see that. Kind of I mad now caught, that I didn't. Caught it yesterday, like when I happened his to hop on Facebook. Is it so, Robert Edlund? Mm-hmm. <gasps> his face is burnt up like weenie and his name so is appara- Fred. So apparently they're going to dive more back it's into... Robert Englund. No! They're going to dive God. more back into Stop. how he became through like his growing up and then everything that kind of happened. It's oh. more of like a, a prequel of sorts. Then the other one that I saw, and again, I, don't, I didn't get to check to see if it was like super accurate. Right. They're doing a new Alien movie 
where they're going. It takes place like after the first two, essentially. Okay. Um, and Ridley Scott's involved, I guess. It's a series. It's a series. It made, they made it seem there's, like it was a movie. There's a series because they're. I'll, let me look it up. <laughs> um, but either way, like I was pretty just, stoked on that. That's on all is, that. I'm, yeah, I'm actually they, gonna, I'm gonna go find on YouTube. Scott, Scott, and do well, that. I don't know if there's that, a trailer. It's just, it's just, man, yeah, it's it's just a poster. Okay. Is all, and then the synopsis of tentatively the loose outline. But alien, because there's Alien Romulus. It's a, yeah, that's the one I think I'm thinking it's, of. It's a, it's supposed what? to be a series, as far as I know. Uh, hmm. um, that sounds rad, though. But and yeah, but he is yeah. like a, really Scott is a part of it. Yep. You know, what's funny is what we're doing right now is exactly what we're kind of rounding about, is that we hear a director that has done other accolades. Right. We don't mm. even know this movie yet, but because the value. Ridley Scott is yeah. part of it, we're like, oh, I'm going to see that. Because right. he adds value to it. Because he's done such a prolific thing. We were talking, I think actually, I remember a conversation we were having, the original of this episode, where I was talking oh. about where it's like, that is exactly why it's like, you have a man like Elvis, right? And it's like, you could find a master pressing of the original, like, say, before you put it to a vinyl, right? right. And you could say, that's got some value. Like, probably not millions of dollars, but, right. you know, probably check change. But if you found, say, like, the last guitar he played before he passed away, and you could authenticate <laughs> that. You would be like, that's where some shit. Well, now here's here's where I would challenge you, and this is kind of where I wanted to take the conversation where I don't think we did the first time. Yeah. Do you feel like because of the world we live in now, where everyone's a fucking troll and just does shit just to watch the world fucking burn, mm-hmm. do you feel like there really is value? Or is it because people are driving false stock into something just to make someone else pay more for a thing they actually want? So it's really been making me question, is there real value in things anymore? Like, so we'll take that Elvis guitar. Yeah. Yeah, yes. There is probably someone who is like, man, I would pay $300,000 for that. Yeah. You might have some asshole who's like, Phew. Yeah. Like, bold. who just has money? He's like, well, oh, fuck it. Uh, yeah, yeah. 500000 And you drive up. And then it's like, okay, what is the real value of it? I guess it's whatever you're willing to pay. Oh, yeah, that's however, subjective for sure. However, it's whatever whomever's willing to, who's a nut. To, right. Nut, nutty enough to but, want to pay those <clears throat> Presses. Anything anymore, oh, like when you look at like <laughs> something like Discogs or a lot of these things, or like eBay, where yeah. sometimes you'll see, you'll see an item and it's sold for blank amount, right? And then sometimes, like I can only speak to like Discogs, where it's like this album sold typically the highest it's ever sold for was this much. The last time it sold was for this much. This is the median of what this this album sells for, right? Yeah. Right. And so it creates this thing where now right. there is an assigned value to a thing, but it today. just becomes this thing where it's like. Ooh. You make but a good is it point, really though. is it really worth that? Yeah, I mean, you think like back to even like with social media, even like being like a big thing on that. It's like think about how many like cloud rappers sure. like became millionaires because they had one one or two like bangers, and then but because this social media is almost the greatest vehicle ever for mass production because it can yeah. go to immediately in people's hands like in real time. But you're right. It's like, does that really diminish it? Because even when it was CDs, you had to physically go out, get the CD, yep. go back and use it. Where it's now, it's just like you push a button on your phone, and it's in your inventory, ready to rock. So does that diminish value? So I agree with you. I think there is a diminishing in value there. But at the same time, artists that I think would have been lost in the mix because it was only basically like labels that would pick these fuckers out. Now it's like they can just sell. Like who's that? Um, Tom McDonald or whatever. You heard that guy? He's got no. all oh, yeah, the on red. His face. Oh wait, in no. the 
blonde-haired guy. No, I'm, I you thought you were, I thought you were thinking well, of the the country guy that's like so he's like this like rapper that also does like. Music oh, him and his like. Yes, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, and he he, he makes his, his, him and his girlfriend. His girlfriend makes all the freaking videos. He writes all the music. He has a couple other like he's random guys there. Really and he has, good. He's really good, and he has no label, no any producers, and he's a millionaire. And he yeah. did it all himself just by like, and he would use like TikTok and Instagram and right. make these like albums like, and he makes these hilarious videos, and then be like, hey, new song. And every week he drops a new song. Yeah, because my my coworkers were like, Rush, you got to check out. Dude, he's fucking hilarious. And so know? like all of us at work, like yeah, yeah. But see like, now, but the thing I would challenge is. Is the value in the, is Tom. is the value in the music or the entertainment that because you're telling I mean, me he does all these other videos and it goes hey by the way I have a new song so it almost sounds like it's not the music that's keeping people around it's all the other shit it's a little bit of both but I know what you I know what you're well, trying to say, say where it's once like once you hear the music though then that yeah be it's a it's almost factor. like he's utilizing what a he would have to have paid a label to do which is mm. promotion and advertising right. so he does it himself. And it costs him nothing because it's his own free site, you know. Right. But I, I agree with you because it's like there are some de- like who is that like like Cash Me Outside girl? Yeah, yeah. bad she, baby. Her music sucks, but yeah. because she's well, well, and she's the only fans who made a jillion. Oh sure, she's like the highest like one of them. Yeah, like um, millions. Of so dollars. here I read. And you know int- what I say? Care Bear Star don't care. I read a <laughs> I read a fucking wild article about Your her where she. <laughs> I a late like someone was like oh she probably could like rap or wants to, I don't know something to that effect and this this guy that worked at the label's like I think I know enough people behind the scenes that we could probably make her a star yeah. like she doesn't have to have any talent there's enough no. people who could be like just do these things yeah. paint by numbers she's essentially cute. you know like, I get and it, it was a thing like, where he was like she's marketable I guess and she, that was the thing that he goes paint by she, numbers well <laughs> but the thing but the thing that was crazy was like it this was like a like a probably a 20 minute read of yeah. this article about this dude who like got her to where she is. Right. And it was all because he's like, she had something, she had a moment and we had to capitalize and had to move very quickly. Right. But we, but it made me like, the goal was like, can we make a star? Can we make someone who doesn't, isn't known for this thing? Can we make them known in that space? And can we create a star? I believe that's probably how that happened. That's exactly how it happened. Yeah. And they, and like they, they kind of like, detailed how they did it and some of the trials and tribulations. So I was doing that dumb documentary. <laughs> but, right here. <laughs> right here. But as a whole, like, it's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Like, I think one of the other things that kind of gets interesting in this conversation, you know, I know we were talking about like a Ridley Scott, you know, someone yeah. who has name value. Okay, real quick. Yeah. Uh, I looked it up. Romulus is the movie, okay. also produced by Ridley Scott. And I just happened to see this yesterday. Timothy Oliphant is in the series. Okay. Oh shit. For dude, that kid blew up. Alien. Yes. Yeah, that kid blew up. Um, real quick. And it's a Hulu Disney project. Uh, oh. So well, it's going to be under Hulu, but you know, since but Disney, right. yeah, Disney with you. So the thing that gets kind of interesting to me, also when talking and thinking about this, is is sort of like the progression of an individual in their creative medium. And how do you know how to assign value to yourself? And so it becomes this thing where, like, right. you know, like, for example, uh, there's a graphic design person that, like, Russia and I know, Alan, and he Alan! does a ton of stuff. And I know there have been some projects he's worked on for me where I get a homie deal, same with some other people in other capacities, and it becomes this thing where, you know, it becomes this hard thing where it's like, yes, I, I have reached this level where now I can charge people for this thing that I do. Sure. But there ha- probably is usually a struggle within where it's like, 
what am I worth? The hard conversation of what am I worth? Yep. What is my time worth? Yep. How do I start telling people this? And it's probably going to bum some people out and I'm probably going to lose a lot yeah. of people in the process. But what I'll end up earning, yep. not in a financial sense, but what I'll earn down the road will be for the betterment of me and my career now right. in this thing. And I always feel like that's an interesting conversation because it, it, it does the thing no one likes to talk about, yeah. which is the value of a dollar and the value of your it's time and what is it worth? That's straight up like... <clears throat> you bring that up. Yeah, well, it's funny because it's like that's exactly... There was a, a old school tattooer that I knew from New York named uh, Joey Knuckles. And I remember sitting there like in his studio and watching him work and stuff like that. And I did a very short guess about that. I was literally in and out of there like in a day. And I remember just sitting there and like this lady was like, you know, she got a tattoo from him and it was like a palm-sized tattoo. But then like it was whatever, a month before, he did a much bigger tattoo on her. And she, he was like, well, this, like, that, whatever that tattoo was like, let's just say, I don't know the exact number, but 800 bucks. And then he did another one, same, it was the same thing. And her butt, she was like, well, this is half the size. And he goes like, yeah. It's like, oh, but you're not paying for my hourly, you're paying for my expertise. He goes like, I don't care if I do it in an, an hour or freaking four hours ago. If it's an right. $800 tattoo, it's an $800 tattoo. Right. And I understand there's a little bit of the trepidation because that's why some people like hourly. But he just says, I just tell you how much it costs. And I go, and if I finish it in seven hours or I finish it in two hours, my speed has nothing to do with right. it. It's, it's just that's the cost of the tattoo. The yeah. Yeah. And I just, and I, and I understand that, you know, it's the, <laughs> but it's so funny when it's like, I think the essence of your question, I think, is kind of a, a trifecta of like, what are, will, what are people willing to pay for what you do? How do you feel what you can extract from your own values right. to set your own price? And how does the market of everyone else competing with you influence those numbers? Right. right. Yeah. So I think that's kind of the trifecta. And you're right. It's like, but then there's people, once you've proven yourself, it doesn't matter what you think about yourself anymore. Like right. Ridley Scott, he might think, yeah, I'm not as good as this guy. I go, but you're fucked. But everyone goes, you're Ridley Scott. What the fuck are you talking about? You know what I mean? Or a, like a band guy that, you know, like there's some band people that, you know, like, oh, fuck that band. They suck. So I go, but there's other people that go, I'll fucking, I'll wait out three months out in the, the cold to get these tickets. You know, it's yeah. like, it's very subjective what people desire and like about a specific music or object or whatever. It's like, but ultimately I think if you're, if you're the creator of it, if you really believe in it and you are getting traction, don't keep going. Just yeah. keep going. Cause you're, you're, if you have an audience, you have the, the money will be there. You just got to keep being. Well, it's, and it's efficient, true you know? too. Cause I was talking to uh, a set artist uh, about this, um, and you know, that's how we got on that Kanye thing because I fucking sh I was like, Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, we go back to Kanye. <laughs> yeah, we won't, we won't Kanye. bring that up again. I'm sorry, kind of felt bad about anyways. Like Kanye a little bit. <laughs> he ain't a gold digger, <laughs> anyways. Um, but the so you know, friend went freelance finally, and Alan. Maybe <laughs> I wasn't gonna put out names, well, but well, we just talked about him. So. I know, but <laughs> but I but I was you know when it comes to people's, you know, yeah, whatever. Right. We're not talking about his finances, but like he's well, I mean, at that's, this, that's, but like actually that proves the point. Like he is but, at a point where he could step away from doing a job, right? Which is doing what he does anyway, and, make and he's built points. up the clientele, yeah. yep, to then be able to strike out on his own. Exactly. Sorry, I yeah. say no more. <laughs> <laughs> no, but my, but the point was yes, it w is that? But he and I were having a conversation, just catching up, yeah. as I was asking him to do this art piece for me, um, 
to help like flesh out what John like my idea and then what John had started and then my vision of what this other piece of art would look like along with what John had started as well yeah. um, and so we're just catching up we're talking like all the cool things he's doing and the, the art and how busy he is and I said well you know I don't need my artwork anytime soon I just I want to get it done you know in the next month or so right right so I can you know start pressing or printing pressing whatever um and he said, yeah, you know, I stay busy. I throw them a number and they keep paying. And I was like, yeah, all right, sweet. Yep. So it's, it's kind of wild. Like when you become your own boss and that is you know really when you is. can't, that's the extra pressure that people don't tell you when you become your own, your own right. boss. The extra pressure is that, okay, fine. You're sought after, but now there is a level right. you have to stay above. And now there's other competitors that are around you, other people that are doing the same thing that you're doing, and then they might be doing slightly better. Then you've got to raise your game right. because if they're charging less and they're getting the same type of consistent value of it, it's like, or not value, but um, uh, level of work, right. they'll go to that person eventually. You know what right. I mean? So right. that's that weird th like balance of like, you want to stay true to yourself. You don't want to constantly feel like, oh, I got to blah, blah. But you have to maintain a relevance in a specific height of ability Correct. that still keeps people being like, oh, well, look what he's putting out. Because, yeah, yeah, where's your skill level? Is it staying here? Is it, or is it, yeah, is is it, it, is it tapering down? You know, and that's always the worst is when you have a person, an artist that is, Holding their on work to their is falling down, but their ego legacy. says, I'm still amazing. It's like, oh, your work isn't as amazing as the new guys, but though. That, but that almost goes to what you were saying about Ridley Scott, where it's like, maybe you're there. Right. But how much does legacy play into your value? Yeah, and right. the ego. Because you, how much, you how much did you it at some yourself point. that, oh, I'm still just as good as I was 10 years ago. So maybe you're not. But then, yeah. you know, well, then I, I would like, almost. What, what are you doing to elevate yourself in d different genres? Or challenge I would, yourself. I, I would yeah, almost sure. go a different route with that idea. And I would say, how are you using what you were saying earlier, the yeah. knowledge that you've gained? How are you now well, part giving that to right, other right. people, which yeah. still has a value right. to give to other people, maybe a financial or monetary value or whatever? No, I. I think that's a that's a fair point. Well, because yeah. I, rem I remember uh, a conversation about that with another artist, and you know, them just they're here and they're not challenging themselves with different artwork or you know g different genres and and pushing themselves to be better right. and to at least expand. You know, okay, are you good at this? Are you good at portraits? Are you good? Yeah, okay, you're great at traditional. Right. All right what about neo traditional? What about right? You know some sort of classical piece right. that you could put into a tattoo form. Yep. Right. Or are you trying but, to make it where you just want to have one style and right. you're just going to go all in on that? You right. Know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard, man, because it's like, you know, like I've even said it's like, you know, it's at 20 years, it's like I'm kind of the, I'm not the old schooler yet, but I'm kind of the grayer wolf on top of the mountain. But I don't want to lose that spot. So, but the younger wolf going up the mountain's hungrier than me. I, I get to sit so. back a little bit. I don't know. You know. Is he really hungry like a wolf? But <laughs> God, thank it. you for taking that. That's, that's, you get a pound for that one. That's, that, that was good. But no, I set but, that but one up. I was this. like, really? I, 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 I think this though. It's like, but I love the saying. They go like, uh, was it Arnold Schwarzenegger? Like the pumpy iron thing goes like, goes yeah. It's like oh, but. The wolf on top of the mountain, if he wants the food, it's there. Yeah. Right. So it's like he can stay hungry. You yep. know, it's like it's or satiated all the time, yeah. you know. I so, think, yeah. I was going to say, I think like <laughs> what, what gets kind of interesting about that because like what, what becomes it? <laughs> like I'm, I'm reminded of a, of a very specific uh, situation with the podcast, like pretty early on where 
you know, it's almost like that story of like uh, Chicken Little. <laughs> like where it's like I I wanted to put a shine on on our local scene right and like no one wanted to fuck with me and then all of a sudden I was like all right uh, let's just go do this other thing then and yep. it became what it is now yeah not quite to the level it is now but I remember a band reached out to me and they're like oh we have a we really love your show we'd love for you to do a review and and you know post our song or whatever and I was like well you're not really a fan of the show because I don't do that so. If yeah. you listened, you would know that. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, going rate's going to be $100 if you want me to plug your shit. Right. And they're like, oh. And then they didn't pay. They weren't interested in once it, there was money involved. Sure, sure. And then I heard it through the grapevine. Some people were like, oh, he's just in it for the money now. And it's like, well, here's the thing. <laughs> I'm Like you were saying, yeah. there's what other people are doing. And it's like, I know if you want to go to this person's show, it's 250 Yeah. To do the same thing. Exactly. If you wanted to go to this person, I know it's... That's uh, you it's knowing something what, you're, what you're worth. And the, and the thing is, is like, my thing was, yes, I'm not at the level of so-and-so charging 250 Right. But I also know that my predominant base yeah. is around here, which is where you are. Right. So, therefore, it's worth... Oh, yeah. It's and worth that. it became huh? this also, thing... Also, don't lie to me and say you love the show. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, the amount, the amount of that I get all the time is... I, I mean, love I just, your show. I just yeah. shuff that Jog off. on. But, yeah. like, it was this thing where it was just funny to see... And I remember having a conversation with the person when I saw him the next time in, in person. And they're like, oh, I mean, I know you don't like my band. And I was like, it's not that I don't like your band. I was like, you're always so wishy-washy about shit. And I go, like, look at when you reached out to me to, to want me to do something for you. Right. I had reached out a while ago. Y'all didn't want to do nothing with me. Now you got something you want to do. My show is popping off in your eyes. Yeah. There's a value you see in coming onto my thing. Yeah. Then I tell you, well, it's going to cost you. And now I'm the asshole who's only about money and business. And it's like, okay, so if you wanted to go to anybody else to promote your shit, what does that usually involve? Money. Yeah. Like if I were a label, a if I were a label <laughs> and I were doing the exact same thing, yeah, exactly. putting you on yeah. magazine ads or whatever, I'm yeah. paying money to put you out somewhere. Exactly. You think they, they do free sponsorships on Instagram? Fuck no, fuck no. No. Everything's yeah. paid. It's, it's, it's and so it yeah. just became this thing money where... Money talks, bullshit walks. Good day. It just becomes this thing where... Like maybe I overreached with my my amount, but like there are other people who I have disagree. who no, have come I who have more I think there but there are other people who have come on and still are yeah. that are at that rate yeah and it's a thing where I'm like so, like again some people are willing to pay it yeah, others aren't and, and I'm again, like cool what are you gonna spend it on but hurt about it like yeah. it's like well then you guys have well, they just no idea how business works yeah at well all. they just it's went on just say there's no business sense right there yeah, yeah. there's no business sense because like because someone if if I were in that band they came they go yeah they want to they want to have us pay him $100 to like get a promotion. I go, yeah. Because and it's going to exist there because forever. Because he has an audience. Yeah. And it's also his audience is in your freaking demographic, in your scene. Yeah. So right. it's like, why wouldn't he get it? And go, and 100 bucks, dude, if you can't fucking afford that. If, if the four or five of you can't fork over 20, 25 bucks a piece, piece. Like, yeah. Like, like, yeah, you're not that big of a band then sure <laughs> suck it. but like it it's it always well even even at that sense it doesn't you don't have to be that big it's like john and i were talking yesterday and he's like well it might cost this much for the for the song or whatever we might end up doing music yeah. musically in the future i was like i can help pay out with said you know price if you want to go halves user if we want to do three-way or mm -hmm. you know but, but yeah it's like but i mean like even yeah. like i i find like that conversation we're talking Takes about, money like to make money. talking right. like that's a great example actually, and, and I think kind of correlates into sort of the conversation we're having. Like, 
in both situations where I talked to Alan about making a graphic for us and then also talking to Tom about making a song for the show for next season. Right. Because I was like, I don't want to rush you to get this done and just yeah. shit out right. something. I right. want it to be of quality and, and so forth. And, right. you know, I was like, let us know roughly a tentative cost for the song. And he goes, well, normally I charge 1500 for a song. Like, but that's like making it, mixing, mastering, producing everything. Right, right. And I was like, understandable. And he goes, this isn't really a song, though, so probably charge you like a quarter of that maybe yeah and then i was like that's very fair that's and he goes well like maybe we work out a deal like for royalties and i was like that doesn't really exist in this space no. i go so what i could do to add more value in that capacity is i would say tag you like i would tag you and everything like yeah. in the show notes it'd be like this song was da 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 and then at the end we'd be like you know theme song written recorded yeah. produced by tom Basically, Denny. shout out every single time and then yeah. it's and we a thing just pay where, for the rights to it yep yeah. and then it'd be a thing like if you are interested in having him do anything for you here's his email hit yep. him up and then it's basically a, an ongoing business card he goes, yeah, yeah. oh i like that idea yeah and it's a thing where it's like yeah that might be the homie deal it's almost like for one payment you get a promotion forever yeah you get a, a free promotion yep. every every time and so it's like but that's that's the awkward conversation i hate having oh yeah because it's like yeah yeah because it's like I don't know. Am it's I like, going to offend him? Am yeah, I, and I, like I, the I, thing that always, that's why I always say like I don't know what your rate is. Like yeah. the thing that always is like frustrating sometimes, like when like with art specifically, like yeah. actually like painting, drawing, and all that shit. When people are like, "Yeah, man, like uh, just whatever you think is fair," and I'm like, oh, "I fucking I, can't, I, hate I, can't do that. That. I hate no, that." I hate that. You tell me what it is. Yeah, because yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't come from that space. So like, you might have a painting, and I'd be like, "That's a really awesome painting, two fifty and you'd be like. <laughs> Oh, wow. Uh, All right, man. <laughs> th- throw another zero in front of that, my guy. And I'd be like, really? Yeah. Like, not against you, but, like, I'd just be like, it, does it cost that much? I don't know. Exactly, yeah. And, like, that's that's where I think, like... Number one question I get asked by, like, younger artists is, like, oh, how do you know what to charge? Right. And I go, like, how long have you been doing it? And they're like, well, this and that. I go, like, okay, like, oh, how much do you charge for your, your, bre- your, your bread and butter type of, like, your tattoos and stuff like that? And they go this. And I go, okay, how many hours did it take for you to do this painting? And they're like, I don't know, like, 30 hours. And I go, okay, do a rough on maybe, like, you know, maybe not your hourly but like how much time take that take that amount then take them out like basically supplies. what you would put in uh, yeah supplies yeah. and then maybe do an adjustment on the hourly late, uh, hourly rate of your tattoos and then go okay this took me 30 hours to make it's like go do the math on it and i go i go but if you're a little worried it's not going to sell then just hang on to it you know what i mean like but if you're really trying to sell actually the best thing i can possibly do do prints yeah because then you can make a whole run of them 20 bucks a pop People buy that all day. They, everyone's got a freaking Jackson in their freaking right. pocket. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, But then know. when someone finds out there's the one of one, they might come and knock And it. then exactly, if someone sees it and goes like, wow, that's awesome. And then goes like, oh, what's their Instagram or whatever, their website? Go then, they go like, holy shit, the original's for sale. And then boom, and you right. price, let's say, 600 bucks. Boom, you got 600 bucks. You it's know, so they go like, well, what if I did literally little? I go, it's your work. What do you think it's worth? Here's the thing. I know artists that are literally like two years in and they're like selling paintings for like fucking like 20 grand. I'm like, who the f- like, who are you? Like, I don't know you, but like, maybe someone's gonna pay that shit. Great. I mean, be yeah. happy for him. I ran into that going so, to uh, San Antonio, not San Antonio. Uh, we went to Austin, went to an art gallery where uh, artist Jermaine Rogers mm-hmm. uh, had a bunch of his posters because he does a lot of stuff for like bands. Think like Derek Hess, but like more uh, Jermaine, man. more like not in that style at all. More like drawing, like he's more like so it's not a, like Hess. <laughs> No, like so, like Hess is more like it looks like sketches and, and drawings yeah, and stuff. Like yeah, he's yeah. more like clearly this is done with pen and paper and all that kind oh, of gotcha. stuff. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I'm not saying like, that like, Dar- like Jermaine doesn't do that. I'll show you kind of a photo of Jermaine Rogers stuff. But his is yeah. he has a very reminded me. I have a catalog of his 
art somewhere. Like, Jermaine Rogers? No. no oh, Derek Hess. Hess. Yeah. Derek Hess. Dude, that was so cool getting to talk to him for the podcast. Oh, I bet. Wait, you talked to Hess? Yeah. Oh, I have damn. his phone number still because I was like, that guy I was like, mm, keep this in case. Like, I don't know. 911. <laughs> um, Hello? Yeah. But like, so. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Jermaine Rogers does like a lot of stuff for like Deftones and stuff like that. Oh, so like, sweet. I have a, I have a handful okay. of prints of his upstairs. Neil! Yeah, I've seen some of those pieces for sure. And it's That's a cool. thing where like we went and like I have a couple like artist prints. Yeah. And like, <laughs> oh yeah, the, that's yeah. amazing. Um, that's so good. But like that thing, that like <laughs> weird man pig thing. Yeah. Whatever the fuck that is, I saw one. I forget what it's called. A friend of mine's super into Jermaine Rogers shit. That was like. $2,000 for this like little yeah. fucking ornament and I'm yeah. like okay yeah. um, and for someone who didn't like we don't know him at all it's like no. I'd be like $2,000 and I go right. but again no, so I bring it up to the fans and then like like or ruin them but like oh, dude, you don't do that's amazing like right. I'd pay two grand for that but like that was, was like who, uh, Gunner right? yeah oh yeah exactly yeah. which I didn't realize I missed him he was in town yeah I, I hung yeah. out with BG last Saturday he was telling me he was at the convention I was like yep. I was Soba huh that, that BG Soba? Yeah, Soba. Yeah. No, no. BG, not BJ. Oh. Oh, BJ. Oh, oh, Brightguard. Brightguard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, oh. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Actually, who I thought, that's what I thought you said, too. I was just yeah. like, oh, you went BG. to the party? Like a Soba's house? Like shit? <laughs> no, no, no. But anyways. Yeah. Anyways. I, but he went to say I talked to Gunner because Gunner worked on him Yeah. Uh, a couple times. But yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I love his paintings. He's Dude, phenomenal. He's a, he's a fantastic painter. Fantastic. Yeah, I think... Uh, but it's always interesting, like like I said, like just kind of thinking and rethinking about how just the value of things and like, you know, that was the thing that the book I think did a really good job of just positing. It was just like, it's sometimes in order to to make a splash, you gotta like shake shit up and just do something totally different. And like, in the case of that Wu Tang album, it's like, I think one of the the cooler things that they did was almost like a proof of concept because they were like, well, we want people to know that there's really music and we're working, mm -hmm. but. They released, I can't remember the amount of songs, but like essentially they had three tiers. There was one at like uh, $25, one at 50 and then like one at 100 The ones at 25 mm -hmm. got and, leaked. And what, and what was like the... So it was like two songs, one song, one song, or two songs, two songs, two songs, whatever. Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. Okay. And so the, the, the price... Right, you got like whatever. There was more content in there. Of something, sure. And okay. then basically they were like, at $25, that shit leaked almost instantly. Right. Still to this day, as of when they published that book the 50 and hundred dollar tiers never got fucking released because they were like, apparently we, we proved that a proof of concept that some people are willing to spend money and then not give it their shit away. And I think in this day and age now where everyone pirates shit and there's just access to everything. So right. immediately it's interesting to think about how people still, there is the perception of value when you buy something and are you willing to just give it away yourself after the fact? Right. And I think that's a kind of an interesting idea and kind of a good wrapping point to kind of talk about that like what is it that makes like what is the what is it in the value of your money where all of a sudden someone goes I'm not going to give that away I'm not going to this is mine now this is I'm keeping yeah. this for myself what creates that right I'm going to kind of pivot away like because I know this is technically like the remake of episode two but like it's kind of our last episode until next season right yeah so I'm going to ask like kind of a good question, like very short, we can be brief about it, but like what is something, and we can both answer for the one person, it's like what is something that we learned about each other that was something that we didn't know, even though we've been friends forever, it was something that, you know, you... The value of the friendship? 
I definitely think that's one for sure. I would. Well, no, I'm saying like, are you essentially kind of oh, boiling so like, it like, down like, almost to like something different about? Yeah, it. Oh, so okay. something that you didn't really, or, or or like a way that we think, or something that was. Uh, it can be one thing. Let's say one thing. We don't have to do like. I what? think for for me, um, and I guess a sort of in the back of my head for Chris it was just, I never knew your outside of your artistic still skill, the skill set you had when it comes to actually working on things and building, mm-hmm. which it makes complete sense. Sure. Um, but like when you're talking about working on your house, I'm just like, you did all that? <laughs> oh yeah, same. I was like, damn. Yeah, it actually shows all the time. Like, that's fucking, that's all you do, man. It's just tattoo and work on your fucking house. I love it, man. It's so much yeah. fun. Yeah. But like, I'll I think, pay people to do that. Yeah, yeah. same. Because I don't have that skill. Or for me, actually, it, it's not that I don't have this skill. Don't have perhaps. the time. I don't have the time. Yeah, right. that's fair. And that's, like a like yeah, you always I, have like a hundred projects going on, which is ugh. yeah. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> actually, I think I think that's actually an interesting thing. Is I, I feel like I think that speaks. I to answer your question, I think that is in and of itself sort of what makes and what we I have learned about all of us mm-hmm. is that the three of us are very busy people. Yeah. We're not complacent to just do a thing, right? Um, but I think the thing that I have learned from doing this about both of us, about you two and even myself, is we will find the time for yes. something that matters to us, yes. which is this thing. 100%. Because we see the value in our friendships yep. to do it. But yep. secondly, I think over the, I think maybe initially when we started this, yep. it wasn't kind of a thing, yep. but I think it has become this thing where now the value is... It's almost like it's just a, a reason as we get older to just hang to out, hang out yeah. and to also be more honest and, and yeah. uh, I guess that's, I guess it just boils down to that. Just be more yeah. honest with each other about things because as you get older, I think they're in the day and age now where yeah. we don't where everything's just so immediate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This, instant, you have to earn this. This is this is like twenty. This is like twenty. Yeah. This is like twenty years of. Not being on a phone, not being on social media. Right. This is real life. Sitting down, having these conversations. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, in yeah. the in the yeah. words of love languages and shit, this is essentially like the connection of words of affirmation and yeah. quality time. Yeah. And it's the things that are the foundational elements of any re- good relationship. Yeah. And I feel like I think that was the one thing I doggone it, people like me. Doggone it, people like me. But I think the the number one thing I learned from both you guys, like this, like just doing this, and again, it's like. I think most of the time when we would hang, hang out, you know, it was like it was like fun and like you know we're always making jokes and all that shit. Well, the like, problem is we're out. So yeah, we're there's, out. There's right. other well, and that's outside exactly what I'm trying to say. It's like because I I remember conversations just with you and conversations just with you and me, Oof. and that was actually when I realized it's like, yeah. and when we had that time in the den at your house and like oh when you and me like we're here at your house and like that it's like even though like us three can go out and have a good time and still be intentional and have fun it's like I didn't realize how like I always thought I, I kind of hid that from people where uh, like you're, you're a deep you guys are deep people you know it's like you, you think really deeply you, you think about how your actions like, affect others and you're actually quite articulate you know where it's like like Rush that was the first thing I because like, I knew you as just like you know 
metal shows and like and then we had that freaking scotch at your house man and like you talked to me about you know your father and like yeah. you know like all your religious ideologies and all that stuff and we just sat there for hours and I was just like this guy's fucking he's a, he's a really sensitive like deep guy and like same thing with you John it's like it's like I always thought you were just the guys like music 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 and then it's like I sat you down and you had we, we connected on fucking video games on freaking books <laughs> every literally we had well, a lot in common and I was like Dude, you're really like you're like oh yeah, but who wants to fucking hear this shit? You know, and it's like and I realized, <laughs> but no, but check this out. That was when I really realized it's like it's the same example I would come to you. It's like oh, I realized that there was Jeremy and there was Rush, right? You know, and it's like and I realized that there's two personas to John and two, two and I don't mean two different people, right. but I mean there's something that we lend a shield to be like this is how much you get to know about me, right. but for the people I do love, you get to see the the right. deep like in. Yeah, and I just not like, everyone deserves that. Yeah, no one did. Yeah, no one gets that yeah. for me. You don't. Like, and I think I think that's a polite, funny guy, but it's like, oh, that's about as far as I'm fucking. Taking but I think you, that's but. a thing that takes time and age to understand. Oh, yeah. And yeah. understanding again to kind of bring it all full circle. Yeah, your value and what you are worth to yourself and to others that the, are worthy of it. The more you know. Do do do. And I and I don't want to <laughs> not say anything about John, but I you've already said it. Yeah. Because I and it's not and it. But I think a little bit prior to us actually doing this podcast. Yeah. This one or the first one? This one. Just, okay. Because the... <laughs> <laughs> anyways. <laughs> Not to, I don't want to go on another tangent. Yeah. But I, it, this really like cemented just really... John's a... You're a very articulate person. Oh, my God, Very dude. well thought out. You're very spoken. intelligent. You're very intelligent. Uh, and it, it's... And I was like, I'm a little jealous... I mean, part of that, I know part of this is just because I don't read as much as I used to anymore. Right. So those things I need to work on. But it's just like, to sit there and be able to have a conversation with you and you and yeah. and just... The meeting of the flesh minds. Flesh these yeah. things out and talk yeah. is, is... That's the things I've learned about you guys. Yeah. Thanks, man. It's like, yeah. It's, Which it's, I love. It's interesting because I think that we do... And John's not afraid to say what needs to be said either. Oh, he'll cut right Which through the Which I love tape. it. Yeah, but it's the same thing. It's like, you know, I, I like Which to think a lot of, of myself as a relative. Because they're normal pussy. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, yeah. Well, I relatively try to think of myself as like a pretty like straightforward and whatever and, and a relatively intelligent person. But the thing that John, I think, like really like has a skill that's he, he can think on his feet. And he's very, very quick. And he does it with his jokes. You do it with actually, like, when you intentionally talk, it's, like, it's really interesting that, like, almost like, um, yes. like, a, like a real, like, that's actually a bad example, but, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, a, like a radio host that can just yeah. talk eloquently, like, and it doesn't feel, it feels like it's scripted, but there's no script in front of it. Right. Because right. it's, like, you, you don't stumble on your words, and sometimes I'll stumble on my thoughts if I have too many thoughts in my head going, but I had to watch you, and especially, I'm sure that's with practice, like, having your other podcasts and whatnot, but anyways... Mm. Learning that mostly about you guys is like you guys are you're just you're deep people, you're intelligent people, and it's it's good to you guys are good friends. Yeah. Well, the bar's closed. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out. Well, All right, well this, uh, officially now we are we are done with ten, season one. Ten, ten episodes. Jeez. Ten plus yeah, boys. hours. Of this, love you guys. Now the now the work gets ready. Now the work is really starting. Now we get to freaking tell everyone and their mother that we're doing a thing. And we're doing a thing. Sorry if we say your name. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry sorry if we call your ass Uh, out. Also, uh, uh, squirrel. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, uh, there are a lot of things I think in this series, uh, season season one that. We're not fact checked, so yes. uh, we're oh, not ashamed to be there called out. There's some things out. on here. There's going to be but some we'll cringy stuff. There's going to be yeah. your fact checks. Too. Yes, 
There's going to be cringy moments. There's going to be non-factual shit we're going to say. Don't fucking judge us on this stuff, okay? It's just, I'm it's, still it's, judging you for that dumb question. <laughs> <laughs> dumb question? I don't know. So I don't talk about Fair it. Enough. <laughs> All right. Bar's closed. <laughs> cool the fuck home. Really cost. The question is detrimental, paralyzed in my thoughts, parasites in my stomach, keep me weak.